So if you have your Bible, go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. I want to talk to you this morning as we um, gather as a family, uh, kind of looking back, and so this kind of series has just kind of been a scouting report series, just things that have just been neat to think around the scriptures, and I want to share with you as a church family. So 2 Timothy is a, is a letter that uh, Paul's writing from prison, and he's going to write some last words to a young man that he's going to see, if, Lord, if you're going to trust you, am I going to make it? What's it going to look like? So imagine if you had, you knew amount of, uh, what amount of time that you had left, maybe six months or a year, and you say, you know, there's some things I want to write down for the next generation. These are things that are going to be really important for them to, to cling to as they go forward. And so you find Paul in prison writing to this young man, Timothy, and and so if you uh, look in your Bible in chapter one, you're going to see some interesting things that he's going to start out with. Now, what I want to do with you this morning is, as you look at this passage of scripture, 2 Timothy, I want you to be kind of thinking about your relationship with Jesus. So if I would pass a microphone around to you this morning, and I would say to you, how would you define, or how would you title your relationship with Jesus? Some of us in this room would say, I'm saved. Some of us in this room say, well, I'm a Christian. Some would probably say a follower. And some might even say a disciple. But what's going to be interesting is, Timothy's going to get another word from the Apostle Paul in chapter 2. But I'm not going to give you that word yet. Now, here's something that I'm thinking about. Over the years, we've all had jobs. And probably all of us had to have some type of review of our job. So you go and sit down with the boss and the boss says, okay, I think you need to fix this and this and this and keep doing this and this and this. And there's some type of an evaluation. And so as I think about now, most of us, we don't really go sit down with somebody at church and say, well, I'd like you to evaluate my life to see how I'm doing in my relationship with Jesus. Might not be a bad idea uh, if you're willing to be honest with somebody. But I was, this is a thought that I've had. So I'm thinking about my relationship with Jesus, thinking about work environment. If I treated my company the way I treat Jesus, how long would the company still have me as an employee? So if I get up in the morning and I'm going to work and I step into the office and say, well, I got five minutes today for you because that's all I'm going to give Jesus. Now, I understand none of us are going to sit in our office tomorrow morning and wake up and say, okay, I'm going to go to the office for eight hours and I'm going to spend eight hours with Jesus. I understand that. But it's a really interesting, it's been kind of convicting for me to think about it. If I, if I evaluate, oh, wait, I've got to go to a meeting. I've got to go, so, go here. I've got to go sit down and talk with so-and-so because that's part of my job, what part of my life is Jesus? Now, it's going to get a little bit more interesting because if you look at this, the, the God's word, go back to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. It's very interesting to me the words that Paul left to Timothy while he's in prison. Last letter, some things I want to say. Look at verse 5. I remind you of your sincere faith. Timothy, I want to remind you of something. Your faith needs to matter. Your relationship with Jesus needs to matter in the choices that you make. 
oh, this is what Jesus says, so I do things differently because my faith is sincere and when it comes to my relationship with Jesus. Look at verse uh, 6. For this is the reason I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Timothy, there's some elders that gather around and said, hey, we think you are the guy. We see this calling in your life. Be the leader in the church. Timothy, there's going to be a constant struggle throughout your Christian life to be diligent about your work for God and not to slack in your pace in your spiritual race. We need to make a conscious effort to exercise our gift for the common good of the body of Christ. Sitting in prison, saying to Timothy, hey, Timothy, keep working that, keep fanning that flame, keep being excited about the gospel, keep being excited about your call to ministry, keep being excited about the church, Timothy. Doesn't stop there. He says something else that's really interesting. Go down to verse uh, seven. For God gave us a for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control. Written from prison. Hey Timothy, you don't have to be afraid. Timothy, you don't have to walk around as your timid. Timothy, I'm there. I'm going to walk with you, Timothy. I was reminded this week as I was going through the Matthew and my devotions. Well, if you remember that passage where Jesus is going to send these guys out two by two, and he tells them what's going to happen to them before they go, I would have been like, I'm out. They're going to beat you. You're going to get thrown in jail. But don't worry. I'll give you the words to talk to those leaders. <laughs> Whatever. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want somebody to beat up on me. I got a new Jesus. I'm out. Not these guys. So they went out two by two. They didn't walk around with fear and power and love and self-control. Look at verse 14 of chapter one. By the spirit who dwells within us, guard the gospel deposited it's in the, the, gospel, the good, sorry, let me do this again. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Timothy, I'm gonna to deposit to you the, the gospel. Guard that, Timothy. Timothy, take that out and be involved with people. Make sure you find the right people. It's been entrusted to you. So the most important thing in the universe from Paul in prison to Timothy. You know what it is? The gospel. It wasn't about, hey, Timothy, make sure your church got 10,000 members and you get a pretty good salary. No, no. There's something that's been entrusted to you. Now, I want you to look with me in, in chapter two. I've said all that to kind of get down to chapter two, this very beginning. There's a word in chapter two that has jumped off the page to me. So start in verse one, and I'll read all the way down, and then we'll kind of work our way backwards. You then, my child, be strengthened by grace that is in Christ Jesus. 
and that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trusted faithful men who'll be able to teach others also. Sharing sufferings as a good soldier of Christ. No soldier gets entangled with civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. I've been working my mind around the word enlisted him. Paul, Timothy. Timothy, you've been enlisted. Now, I have I never, never been part of a military group. I've never been to boot camp. I've talked to some people about that. It's pretty interesting that you take guys from all over and girls from all over, and in six months they're willing to give their life for somebody they never even knew. But they're willing to say, if this commanding officer who enlisted them say, I want you to go in this direction, you know what they do? They go in that direction. Even if there's bullets flying or not flying, even if there's a tank there or not a tank there, the commanding officer said, go here. So I'm just wondering this morning, if I would go back to kind of my original question and ask you this original question again, how would you tie to your relationship with Jesus, would you say, a soldier? That I've enlisted in a family and my goal is to please my commanding officer. Jesus, I'm passionate about you. Now look what happens here. So just kind of go backwards. I know we don't normally do this, but I want you to go backwards in the scripture with me. So you got this enlisted him. And so, so Paul tells Timothy from prison, no soldier gets entangled with civilian pursuits. No soldier gets entangled with civilian pursuits. Now, I don't know what that must have been like for Timothy. I don't know what was going on in the church in Timothy's day. But there's always gonna be a draw for Timothy to say, you know what, let me just be involved in the here and the now. Oh, I know about sincere faith. I know something's been entrusted to me, but it's, this is just a little bit easier over here. You know what I find more out of church people now, it's less about Jesus and more about your preferences. It's interesting, he doesn't just say, well, let me just talk about, he says something else that's really interesting to me. He says, share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ. Now, what I, this does not mean that you have to wait long at Walmart or somebody cuts you off as you're driving down the highway 27, okay? That's not what this passage of scripture means. So I was listening to a podcast the other day of a very well-known guy who's written a lot of different books and he was talking about going home over the weekend. He'd just been traveling and he spoke like 10 times. He's heard 10 different sermons. He gets home on Saturday night and says, you know what, I'm really pretty tired. I think I'm going to sleep in on Sunday morning. It was like the Holy Spirit said to him, I just have one problem. When your teenage boys walk past your bedroom, they're gonna say, why isn't dad going to church? 
So he decides to get up and he shows up at church and and then the worship guy starts out the very first song and this guy's a theologian and he loves truth. He says, you know what? I really don't like this, this song. Theologically, it's bad. Even though my kid's playing it, it's bad theologically. This is terrible. And then he was reminded of this. Not too long ago, the man who's criticizing the theological stint of the song sat with another man that had spent 10 years in isolation confinement because he was a believer. And then he said, as he was sitting down with this man, he asked this man, sir, what did you do on Sunday mornings for worship? And the man said this, well, first of all, I didn't know what day of the week it was. But you know what I did? I got out my Bible. I got down on my knees. And it was like the presence of God filled my cell for 10 years. He said he instantly went from a frown on his face to a smile on his face. He didn't care about the theological thing. He said, you know what? I want to suffer as a good soldier of Christ. And I know that we're here, and it's easy right now. But if Jesus calls your name and says, hey, wait a second, what is isolation going to look like for you? What is confinement going to look like for you? Are we going to say thanks but no thanks? Are we going to say to our enlisting officer, no problem, sir, I'm ready for duty? Now, before you sign up and say, before you say, you know, I'm, listed, I'm ready, I'm listed for duty, I just want to remind you of this. We're going to go all the way back because we're almost out of time. Let me go all the way back to verse 1 of chapter 2. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is found or that is in Christ Jesus. I've been wondering, after Timothy received this letter from this man who was in prison, been wondering how much time each day Timothy would sit with these words and say, you know what, I know where my strength comes from, and it's not me. It's in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Because if you're going to walk your way through this verse, if you're going to be a good soldier, if you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to enlist and be involved in this, you are not capable of doing this in your own strength. It's waking up tomorrow morning, Bible open, saying, Jesus, I need some strength today. Jesus, I can't navigate Monday in my power. I need you. If that does not take place tomorrow morning, if you and I are not gathering around our Bible and saying, help me, Jesus, I need your strength, guess what? We're not going to be a good soldier. We're going to be whining. We're going to be complaining. We're going to say, this isn't fair. This doesn't make sense. Instead of going a little bit farther and saying, wait a second, I'm enlisted as a soldier. I choose to give up my rights. I don't want to walk in my thought process. One of the things I love about us as a family is that we actually are a family. As you look around here, I don't think 
we think one person's more important or less important. Now, I'm pretty sure if I pass the microphone, you might have an opinion about that. But as a staff, we try our best not to say, okay, we're gonna value this group over some other group. But I'm just wondering this morning, if we did pass the mic, how many would say, you know what? I really like being part of BOC family. But I have a passion to enlist as a good soldier. I have a passion. Say, Lord, where do you want me to go? I have a passion to work in a workplace with the gifts and talents that you have so that you might, oh, let me, let me talk to you about this Jesus that's radically impacted my life. What would it look like for us as a family if we would just bubble over, I gotta talk about Jesus. I was talking with Pastor Adam the other day and he was t- reminding me of Acts chapter four. So you got these guys that are apostles that are going out and talking about Jesus and they get thrown in jail, they get beat up. What's really interesting in Acts chapter four, you could do whatever you want to do to their bodies. They were not going to stop talking about Jesus. You know why? Because he had radically changed their lives. They couldn't get over what he had been doing in their life. So let me, let me tell you another story. Let me tell you another story. Let me show you about this. The wedding last night, I was talking to a friend, his name is Chris Vickery. He, lit, he works at Word of Life Florida. His wife works for a pregnancy, like a crisis pregnancy center. I didn't know you could do this, but he was telling me that they've paid a, a significant amount of money that when anybody Googles the word abortion, their site pops up. In Tampa, for the month of September, 60 children were saved from abortion. Because there were some women that are passionate about the gospel. Now they don't put Jesus on the front billboard of their their sign. But they say to these ladies, why don't you come inside? We have this sonogram machine that shows fingers and toes. 60. We have the same thing here in Highlands County, Choices Pregnancy. Lisa Lovett and that group of individuals, they love to talk to women, but they love to share the gospel. What would that just be? What would that look like as a family that we would just overflow the gospel? That we might do this, we might do this, we might do this, but it's really, hey, I'm enlisted. I, I, I gotta tell you about Jesus. What would it look like for a congregation to be full of Alana's? Now, Alana's not a saint. She's not perfect. You know what Alana's had done? She sat down and said, okay, let the gospel impact me as a woman. And I want to share that with the people that I meet, no matter what it would cost me.
I'm gonna pray in just a second. You're gonna go your way and do your lunch thing. It'll be really easy to say, well, we finally got out of there. Well, as you leave, BFC family is excited about people that sign up to the list to be good soldiers. That are willing to lay down their rights and their preferences for the gospel. That we know you can do it again. We're going to ask you. We know you can move mountains. So do it again, Father. One last thing. There's a young man, his name is RJ, he was out back and we were talking. They're kind of friends of Rachel and Ryan. And so I said, RJ, tell me, kind of tell me your story. He was in the Navy. Didn't really know what God wanted him to do, but he's like, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. A word of life, quiet time diary fell down. I don't know if he ever owned it. I don't know if God dropped it out of the sky. I don't know what happened. He's like, oh God, this is pretty interesting. Maybe I should go to the Word of Life Bible Institute in New York. So he calls Word of Life, he enrolls in Word of Life, gets on an airplane, flies to Albany, New York. Now, Albany, New York is not a very big place. You know what's interesting? This young man had no ride from Albany, New York to Scroon Lake, which is about an hour and a half, maybe two hour ride, depending on how fast you drive. So he's on the airplane, and he's sitting next to the guy that works for Word of Life, but he doesn't know that. And so he's, as he's on the airplane, it was like God said to him, get out your Bible. He's like, God, why do I need to get out my Bible on the airplane? I'm like, this is like ridiculous. But he got out his Bible. He's sitting next to Tom Phillips. Tom says, well, where, where are you going? He says, oh, I'm going to Word of Life Bible Institute. Oh, really? How are you going to get there? I don't know. Tom Phillips says, I know how you get there. You can ride with me. Just simple faith. Now, RJ wasn't out back telling me, hey, let me celebrate. No, he says, let me just talk to you about what Jesus is doing. Let me tell you about the one who's rescued me. Could you do that? Could we do that? Oh, I'm enlisted. He's moved that mountain, that mountain, that mountain, that mountain. Oh, do it again, Dad. I can't wait to talk to the next person about it. Father, I thank you for letting us be together as a family. Father, thank you for the people you placed in our lives, Alana and Matt and Lindsay and RJ. Just neat people. Not perfect. Just bold enough to trust their father. just willing to say, okay, you want me to go work for new tribes? You want me to go to Portugal? You want me to go to Muslim-speaking country? I'll go. So may that be us as we sit in a, a beautiful place, 3750 Hammock Road. May there be a stirring in our heart to say, wow, I want to enlist with that father. I want to go talk to this person and this person. I want to go develop a relationship, maybe a long-term relationship, so you can sit down and talk to somebody else about the gospel.
Father, we don't, the story doesn't matter to us. The place doesn't matter to us. Father, would you draw individuals to be excited about talking about you, Jesus? That we wouldn't get in, entangled in civilian affairs, that we would be willing to suffer, that our strength would come from you, Jesus alone, nothing more, nothing less. Father, thank you for this privilege to gather on a Sunday. May it be a Sunday that truly impacts our life for generations to come. It's your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.